I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. At SLRC, they understand your dream to move. Moving up, moving on, moving your body, moving mountains. SLRC can help you find the focus to define your finish line. As a top 10 run shop in America, they use their 25 years of experience to provide custom shoe fit analysis and offer a premium assortment of footwear and workout essentials. Locally owned, locally operated. SLRC is movement inspired. Visit saltlakerunning.com to schedule your shoe fitting today. Hosts of Eden, written and performed by Jay McFarland. Episode 8, A New Alliance. Last time on Hosts of Eden, Marion and Mason enlisted the help of Anders Scott, who appears to be a closet expert on the strange symbols that keep cropping up in their investigation. They made their way to a mysterious building and used an ancient key to get inside. But instead, they were confronted by the imposter president of the United States. Again, the imposter president says, Dr. Marion Turner, don't you think it's time that we are formally introduced? Out of pure instinct, Marion and Johnny Mason try to turn around and get away, but they are shocked to find out that Andrew is behind them and he has a gun drawn. And then Andrew Scott says, Come on, guys, we just got here. His voice sounds totally different. He's perfectly calm. He's not talking erratically anymore. He grabs Johnny Mason's gun. The imposter president says to Mr. Scott, Another fine performance, Mr. Scott. He throws a package that Andrew catches, presumably some type of payment. Anytime, Mr. President, you know where to find me, Mr. Scott says. Andrew takes a few steps backwards, and the wall closes between him and the others. He gets into a car and drives away. You know, loyal fanatics are so hard to find these days, the imposter president says. Why are you doing this, Marion asks. What do you want from us? What I want, Mrs. Turner, the imposter president says, is for you and your freak show of friends there to stop causing trouble. And since you so willingly came right to me, it looks like I'm going to get my wish. Marion asks, who are you? Why are you doing this? Isn't it obvious, the president says. I'm the president of the United States. 
The only question is whether I should send you all back to the funny farm or maybe just end things right here. Oh, who am I kidding, he says. I'm going to end things right here. Johnny Mason puts his hand up. Wait, if you're going to kill us, you might as well tell us why you did all this. Um, nice try. This isn't a movie, he says. I don't owe you anything. This ends right here and right now. The president signals to the two Secret Service men and they raise their guns, getting ready to shoot. Marion resigns to the fact that this is how it's going to end. She braces for the impact of the gunshots, but she doesn't hear anything or feel anything. As she looks up, she sees one of the agents drop to the ground suddenly, and then the one on the other side of the president drops as well. And then they hear another voice that they've never heard before. It's not going to end so quickly like you wanted this time, Mr. President. They hear a voice coming from the side of them in the darkness. Almost as if from nowhere, a man appears holding a gun with a silencer on it. He's tall, clearly in shape, and clearly confident with the gun. I'll bet you never thought you'd see me again, he says. The imposter president responds, Oh, I've seen you quite a bit more than you think. The strange man gets closer to the president and says, It's time to end this. Return things back to normal before it's too late. The imposter president responds, Come on, Abe. You know it's not that easy. Besides, this place is surrounded by the Secret Service. You don't really think that you can get away with this. I'm the president of the United States, after all. I'll tell you what. You leave, let me deal with these hosts, and then you try again another time. That's not going to happen, Abe says. Not this time, and not ever again. Obviously, Abe is the name of this stranger. And he clearly has a long-time relationship with whoever the imposter president is. But suddenly, Abe falls to the ground. The Secret Service agent at his feet is not dead, and he has kicked the legs out from under Abe. Abe's gun goes flying. The imposter president rushes to grab the gun. Mason dives down and beats the imposter president to the weapon. And Abe subdues the secret agent and then jumps to his feet. The imposter president holds up his hands, signaling that Mason has the upper hand. And he says, nicely done, Sergeant Mason. I'll bet you were quite the big deal when you weren't stuck in that pathetic body. Johnny Mason is unfazed. The imposter president gets a devious look on his face. But I've been wondering, how is Shelby with a gun? Suddenly, Mason starts to appear as if he's going to pass out. Marion yells, Mason, no! Cool, look, I found a gun! Johnny Shelby starts to point the gun around the room as if it's a toy. Everybody ducks. 
She pulls the trigger and it goes off towards the ceiling. The sound scares her to death and she drops the gun, runs to the corner and starts to cry. Marion rushes to comfort her and protect her. Abe and the president dive for the gun and they wrestle on the ground. The two manage to get to their feet without the weapon and they engage in a fist fight. Marion is amazed as they are both highly skilled fighters, but seem to be equally matched. The imposter president wipes a little blood from his chin, just like old times, huh, Abe? Abe is not laughing. This time, you're not going to win, he says. They continue to fight, but neither seems to be gaining an advantage over the other. They show no signs of slowing down and somewhat seem to be enjoying the fight. Kind of like they were just two brothers engaging in a battle of strength. Marion slowly and carefully crawls towards the gun on the ground. She manages to get her hands on the gun and get to her feet. Enough, she yells. But they continue to fight. She fires the gun in the air and yells again. This time, they both stop. She waves the president over against the wall. She's visibly angry. She's shaking. I don't know who you are, she says. I don't know how you did this. But I'm pretty sure you're not bulletproof. Then Abe yells, stop, stop, you can't kill him. Marion responds, look, I don't know who you are or why you helped us. But trust me, he has to die. It's the only way to stop this madness. Abe tries to calm her down. Listen to me, he says. You can't kill him. If you do, he'll just inhabit the vice president's body. He has got to stay alive if we're going to fix this. Marion is surprised that Abe knows so much about what's going on. But again, at this point, few things actually surprise her. She demands, who are you? But before Abe can answer, the sliding door begins to open. They can hear Secret Service agents yelling from behind the wall. Abe yells, we have to go. We have to go now. I'll explain everything if we get out of here, but we have to go now. Abe goes up to the president and strikes him as hard as he can in the head. The president goes down onto his knees in pain. Then Abe grabs Marion and Johnny Shelby and starts dragging them off into the darkness. They rush down a ramp that leads into a long, barely lit hallway. They can hear agents rushing into the room behind them. Abe yells, we have to run faster. He grabs Shelby's other hand and they all but drag her down the hallway as she screams. Over the next several minutes, Abe leads them down one hall and then another and then another. Marion loses track of where they came from and where they're going. But soon she can't hear anyone behind them. But Shelby is really crying now, and she's worried that that'll give away their location. So she demands to stop so they can comfort her. Abe places his hand on her face. 
looks her in the eye and says, Shelby, listen to me. Mason is here. Shelby immediately stops crying and closes her eyes. Within a few moments, Mason has emerged. He looks around and Abe says, come on, let's go this way. They make their way down several other hallways, then come to a dead end with a ladder leading up to a trap door. Abe signals that they need to go up, and they comply. On the surface, there is a truck waiting for them. They pile in, Abe at the wheel, and drive off. As they drive away, Marion is stunned at what just happened. There are no words to describe what's going through her mind. Mason demands to know who Abe is, but he just keeps on driving. A few hours later, they are still in the car, driving Abe at the wheel. Mason is asleep. Marion is unable to sleep. She doesn't know where they're going. She doesn't know who she's with. And she keeps looking behind them to see if they're being followed. Abe says confidently, no one's coming. No one's going to follow us. Marion says, how do you know that? He says, well, two reasons. First, they can't afford to make a scene chasing us through the streets without the media asking a bunch of questions. And second, they have no reason to. They know there's nothing we can do. Marion changes the subject. Who are you anyway? Abe responds, well, that is complicated. Believe me, Marion says, I've gotten used to complicated. Abe responds, honestly, I wouldn't even know where to start. Then Marion says sarcastically, oh, I don't know. How about by telling me who is that that has taken over the president's body and how he managed to make that happen? Abe says, okay, well, his real name is. I have to go potty. Oh, for the love, Marion says. Later that day, we find Johnny and Marion and Abe in a nice two-story Victorian home. It's on a vast farm property. Marion is in an upper room, staring out the window, thinking about the events of the day. Johnny Shelby is asleep in the bed. Her and Abe had to take Shelby to the bathroom. And then to the playground again. After that, Abe drove them to his home. Marion took Shelby upstairs and put her to bed. She's waiting for Mason or the president to appear. Abe said that he had to run and get some things and that he would be right back. Marion is left alone to reflect on the events of the past few weeks. She's tempted to turn on the television in the room to see what that imposter president is doing 
or if there's any news of the manhunt for her and Johnny. But ultimately, she decides that she's better off just not knowing. She finds herself missing Mason to comfort her. She feels safe when he's around. And that all disappears when Shelby emerges. She's also tired of being a mom. It's just so exhausting. And she's given up trying to figure out how this is all going to end. Then she hears Johnny Mason. I don't know if I'm ever going to get used to waking up in totally strange places. Marion turns around to see Mason sitting up in the bed. She rushes over and sits next to him. In kind of a groggy voice, Johnny Mason says, So, where are we now? Marion says, Honestly, I have stopped trying to keep track. I guess this is that guy Abe's house. Did you at least find out who he is? Johnny Mason asks. Well, he was about to tell me, and then little Miss Shelby showed up. Mason says. The two kind of laugh. And then they go downstairs to get some food. Mason says he's very hungry. After a few minutes, Abe comes home with some groceries. He sets them on the counter and then invites them into the living room. So I guess you guys are probably wanting to know what's going on, Abe says. They both nod. Abe says, well, I guess I should start from the beginning. But prepare yourself. Oh, we're prepared, Marianne says, for anything. Well, Abe says, here's the thing. I'm not exactly from here. And either is that guy who looks like the president. Marion is confused. What do you mean by here, she asks. Like you're not from this country or... Abe interrupts. No, no. We're not from here. Earth. This planet. Johnny Mason says, wait a minute. You mean your aliens? Is that what you're trying to say? Although they've had so many surprises, they were not expecting this. Well, Abe says, we don't know exactly where we're from. You don't know, Johnny Mason responds. Um, no, not really. Abe goes on. Johnny Mason says, so you're telling us you are not from Earth, but you don't know where you're from. This is great. Abe says, well, we know, but we don't know. But there's more that you need to know, so don't get caught up on that. More, Marianne says. What else are you going to drop on us? Abe says, well, here's the thing. You're not exactly from Earth either. Next time on Hosts of Eden, 
Marion and Mason finally learn the truth about what's going on. They formulate a plan to stop the alien that is inside the President of the United States, but they have no idea if it will work. Well, I'm going to the beach where I belong. It's Coca-Cola Nights at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. And Wednesday and Thursday nights after 5. Bring a Coca-Cola can and get... Unlimited rides for just $14.95. Well, the one, the twist, Wednesday and Thursday nights after 5. Unlimited rides for just $14.95. At the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. In the warm California sun. Boardwalk! 